So even though right now you may be troubled, right now you might need to stop being afraid. But what does Jesus do? He gets them to focus upon the future. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions, but you're not going yet. You may be afraid now, but that's not where we live. We don't just always live here in the presence. We live in the future based upon the Word of God. We can see things that other people can't see. We have hope that they do not have. There ought to be a difference in a believer's life. And look what he says. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So, in other words, the things that's causing you the fear is still here. He doesn't remove all these things in this life. We're living in a sinful, wicked world. Let me just mention something to you. I wrote this down. Because one of my favorite psalms is the 23rd Psalm. And in the 23rd Psalm, it makes this statement in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Is means now. The Lord is now my shepherd. That means he is leading and guiding me. All I'm supposed to do is follow him. And it's a wonderful psalm, so you get a chance. You read the whole 23rd Psalm. And in this psalm, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I walk, that's now. You see, he is my shepherd. And though I walk, I'm following the shepherd. He says, I will fear no, what does it say? Evil. I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. There's a reason. Now, if the Lord is not with you, you have all the reasons in the world to be scared to death. But those who know Christ as Savior know the Holy Spirit indwells us. And we do not need to be afraid. Another verse that he gives us here. He says in verse 3 of John 14, And if I go and prepare a place for you, what does he say? I will come again. Because he's going to come and take us out of this world where there's nothing but heartache and sorrow. And he's going to take us out of this world. So the peace that you can have here and now is because you know how it's going to be. And you don't have to worry and be afraid. God says he came into the world and paid for our sins on the cross that he might deliver us from the fear of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, in this world, in these bodies that we have, we're always having that element of fear of death. But you see, you don't have to fear death. So if you don't fear death, you don't have to fear any virus. Though we don't want to hasten that moment, we want to be wise and not tempt the Lord thy God. We want to be as safe as we possibly can be. Just because I know I'm going to heaven doesn't mean that I have a desire to run in front of a Mack truck. I do have a great burning desire to want to live to a ripe old age. And 78 is not a ripe old age in my mind. I feel like I need about another 15, 20 years, and then I'll be ready to go. And I told the people in our church this. I don't want to live forever. I just want to live long enough to bury everybody else, and then I'll be ready to go. So that may be today. maybe tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to be. But I am looking for the Lord because he said he's coming back to get me. And I don't have to be afraid because anything in this world, remember, everybody has to die of something. 
You can't get out of here alive unless the Lord comes back in the rapture. And we are all looking for that moment. So the Bible says, praise the Lord. Now, I can't see you right now, but you can see me. Smile. Be happy. Don't worry. You got it? Trust the Lord. Fear not. Be not afraid. That's what the Word of God says. Let me give you another scripture here. Because he says this in chapter 14. He says, I am here, I am with you. He says, but now I'm going to be leaving. And when I leave, he says, I'm going to send somebody else. So he says in verse 25, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. I'm present with you. He's right here with his disciples. Then in verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I've said unto you, the Holy Spirit was going to come to every believer. And isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit is called the comforter? You see, he is a great comforter for those who trust what he says. And the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God and teaches us the Word of God. And so through the scriptures that we read, the Holy Spirit wants to comfort you with these verses. God does not remove the problems of life. He gives us the strength and grace that we need to go through them. And remember another thing. When he talks about the love of God being shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And he talks about in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and so on, you know. Did you know that when you um, trusted Christ as your Savior, when he gave you the Holy Spirit, he says, he gave us his peace. My peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with you. Well, this peace is the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is God's love. And the Holy Spirit is, is God's peace. And all these wonderful nine things that he mentions in the book of Galatians, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God gave us these things. So he says in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why does he have to tell us this? Because we are troubled and we are afraid. So he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is my peace. It's my love. It's my joy. God says, I want to give this to you. And it, wouldn't it be a shame for us to say, Lord, I, I don't want your peace. I don't want your love. I, don't, I just don't care, Lord. And you worry just like the world does. We don't have the same look on life as the people of the world. We have a divine perspective. And we see things the way that God wants to see them. Another scripture is important because the times that we're living in are opportunities that could further the gospel. Let me give you a couple examples. You see, in the book of 2 Timothy, in chapter 2 and verse 9, it makes a statement. The apostle Paul, in writing to young Timothy, says, Wherein I suffer trouble. So I ask God to take away all my sufferings. <laughs> no. Take away all my troubles. <laughs> no. He says, 
I suffered trouble as an evildoer. And if there's anybody who knew the Lord and loved the Lord and had all the Christian character, that was the Apostle Paul. But notice what he says. Even under bonds. That means he was in chains. But the word of God is not chained. You see, we may not be able to meet together as a congregation. So is the word of God bound? Is it, uh, you know, isolated and we can't get the gospel out? No, we still have opportunities. And seed that has been sown is still sown. And it can bring forth the fruit and accomplish that which God has purposed it. So Paul says, the word of God is not bound. Even though he was in chains in prison, but he says, they chained me, but not the gospel. In Philippians 1 in verse 12 and 13, he says, but I would ye should understand... Brethren, so he's writing to believers. He wants them to understand because they've heard what they've done to him. He said, now let me help you to understand something. That the things which happened unto me, and Paul had a lot of things happening to him. You see, they had famines in those days. He had 40 people take out a, you know, decree. They were, they were all going to kill the apostle Paul. He had all these things that happened. You ought to read the 11th chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians, and you'll see some of the things that Paul went through in his life. God did not stop all those things from happening to Paul. God is not going to stop the problems of this life from happening to his children whom he loves. And don't mistake and question the love of God because these are things that happens to us. Because we live in a sinful world, we're in sinful bodies, people have sinful minds. And like he told Israel when they brought him out of Egypt, he says, If you will love me and honor me and serve me, I'll put none of these diseases upon you. Best health insurance you could have ever had. But God's people don't always do right. The world doesn't do right. We have many viruses of all kinds. And over the centuries, they've taken many people's lives. And if you read the book of Revelation, they're going to be taking a whole lot more. It's going to get bad. The tribulation is just that. It's the tribulation. It's the worst period of time that the world's ever known. It's right ahead of us. But that's why we know that those who trusted Christ as Savior and are alive when Christ comes back in the air will be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that's something that we should all be thankful for. And we can praise the Lord now for something that's going to happen later. The next thing I want you to see, when he says, which have happened unto me, get this, have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. You see, all these things that are going on can give us greater opportunities to talk to people. The other day we had a big old truck that came pulling in here. And I walked out and I says, can I help you? They said, uh, yes, we came to get the voting machines out of our gymnasium. <laughs> but they didn't know where the gym was. They parked out here in the front and they can't see it from the front of the church. So I got them on back to the back. And then I was going to go into the gym and I couldn't get into the gym because the gym was locked. And I thought, who locks the gym? But the gym was locked. And I had a key, but I went through those keys about three or four times. Finally, I jiggled it one way, and the door unlocked, and I was able to get in. I was glad 
And I opened the door so that guys could come in. And when they came in, and they were getting ready to move this machine to take it out of here, I says, can I ask you a question? They said, sure. I says, give me a minute now. I says, it's taking me longer than that to open up the door. You can wait a minute. Just pretend I haven't got it open yet. I said, I got to ask you a question. I says, are you 100% sure if this virus was to get you, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? Or maybe you're only 50% sure. What percentage are you? He says, well, I never thought about it before. I said, don't you think it's time to think about it? Sure is. <laughs> and I says, because of the virus, a lot of people are scared to death. Now, I'm not scared to death because I know I'm going to heaven when I die. The best thing that can happen to me is to drop dead. I just don't want to cause 20 other people to die because of me wanting to go. But anyway, when I explained the gospel to them, I said, does that make sense? And both of them said, yes, it does. They trusted Christ as their Savior. Now, they left happier than when they came. They all of a sudden had a place reserved for them in heaven. Their sins have been paid for. They're now God's children. They have eternal life. And just a split moment. So can God use whatever's going on for his honor and glory? Yes, he can. For the furtherance of the gospel. So he also makes this statement. He says in verse 13, So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace. In other words, everybody knew Paul's in prison. But also the word spread in all other places. And so he says, the gospel is not bound because he told this one, they told this one, they told this one, they told this In other words, Paul created a virus. He had a virus effect because it spread. And years and years ago in my life, about 55, 56 years ago, after I trusted Christ as my Savior, I found out about a guy named Ray Stanford who founded the Florida Bible College. I went there and I got totally infected with the gospel virus. And the gospel virus spread among that student body, and they went throughout the world, and they have affected many people all over the world with the gospel virus. Now, that's a better virus than the um, coronavirus, but it's a virus. Because did you know that you can also spread the virus of fear? Your fear can be projected into the lives of your whole family, to your neighbors. Just because you're worried and scared to death, you can cause that to spread like a virus. This is why we're so concerned about what our leaders tell us. And we want to know, are you telling us the truth? Because of the spread of that information goes across our country and around the world. Now, keep this in mind. A verse that I really love is found in the book of Psalms in chapter 27 and verse 1. Years ago, I remember listening to Bob Brooks sing this psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Or you could put down there, what shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Is, that means now. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or of what shall I be afraid? Now, is being quarantined in the Bible? Well, let me just mention this to you so that you get the impact of this. Did you know this is not a time to be squirmy, timid, apologetic, or afraid, but straightforward with the truth? 
This is not a time for preachers to play games, to beat around the bush or shirk our responsibility. We want people, when they um, tell us in these briefings that they have at the White House, to tell us the truth. It's not really a big time for, you know, a lot of jokes and laughter. We want them to be serious, to be sober, to tell us what we need to know and do. Well, understand this. God also wants to tell us the truth. And so this is a, a story that Jesus told. Jesus said this. Now, understand, there is a place called heaven. It is a perfect place. Everything and everybody else has been quarantined to planet Earth. You see, God says we've all been infected with the sin virus. The sin virus is 100% fatal. Everyone who gets this virus dies. And it is sure. There's only been one person in all of human history ever been born into this world without getting the sin virus. And that was Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, in him is no sin, which is found in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 5. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. In other words, he could take away the virus and all the symptoms of the virus. So when you read the book of Romans in chapter 3, it will tell you what the symptoms are. You read the book of Galatians in chapter 5, and it'll give you the works of the flesh. These are the consequences of this virus, the sinful nature that you and I were born with. My wife and I, we've been privileged to bring three children into this world. Good news. And the bad news, they had the virus. And they're all going to die. My son's already in heaven. My wife and I are getting old, but we know that one of these days, because of this old sin virus we have, we're going to die. You would think more people would be more concerned about how to solve this problem than the other viruses that hits our world. The coronavirus is nothing compared because many people can get that virus and not die. But everyone who is born into this world has a sin virus and they're going to die 100%. That's why Jesus Christ was born into this world without the virus, without that sinful nature. And so the Bible says he came into the world to remove the fear that all of us have because of the sin virus, because the wages of sin is what? Death. We're all going to die. So Christ died in our place. He took our sins. He took all of the viruses, and he paid for for all of it on the cross. And he came back again from the dead. And says everyone that would believe in him would get a new birth without the virus. I did that 60 years ago in September. That was the best decision I ever made. You see, he is the only, I guess you could say, vaccine. I got my shot. And I know a lot of people. You see, this is why I preach every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and everywhere I can, because I'm giving shots. This is the only vaccine that will work. And I want to give it to everybody I can find because they're all going to die. And I don't want them to be quarantined for eternity. See, if you die with this virus 
and you didn't take the only cure that was made possible for you, you'll spend an eternity quarantined in a literal fire burning hell forever and ever and ever. And that's why he says in the book of Luke, and beside all of this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. There's a, a wall of separation. They're quarantined. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from there. In other words, you can't. You're quarantined. Kind of like what they're trying to do today, keeping people apart so that they don't get the virus. Then he says, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would have sent him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they come also into this place of torment. He doesn't want you there. Therefore, he says, talk to my brothers. So the most important thing you and I could ever do is to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. You are infected. You say, how do I know I'm infected? The Bible says in the book of Revelation 21, 27, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth work of the abomination, not even make a lie, shall enter. You cannot enter this perfect place if you have any symptoms whatsoever. Have you ever had an evil thought? Have you ever done an evil deed? Do you really love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength and your neighbors yourself? Really? Have you ever done anything wrong? You see, you have the virus. Because when Jesus was here, he did no sin. And that's why I made the statement in verse 5 of 1 John chapter 3. He says, and in him is no sin, no virus. He did not have to die. He chose to die. And when he died, he died for us. So Christ is the only known antidote to cure us. If we fail to take him, we will be quarantined for all eternity. God did not do this to us. It was a sin virus for which there was a cure. Look up here. This is so important. I'm believing and trusting that there's more people watching today than they would have been last week. And I hope that you'll understand this is the most important thing I've got to say. Let this hand represent you and me. And let the wallet represent sin. We all have sin on us. That means all of us were born with a sin virus. We're born with a sinful nature. Therefore, we are manifesting all the symptoms of this deadly virus. That's 100%. But God says he loves us. But we can't go to heaven with this virus. God doesn't want it up there. So God has quarantined everybody, and the only ones who gets to go into this place that he has made for us is those who have a new birth without a sin nature. And the only way you can get that is to believe what he said and what he did. Now, God says you cannot save yourself. You cannot heal yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. But because he loved us and he hated our sin, he took the sin and paid for it on the cross. He came back from the dead and said the only thing that we have to do now to go to heaven is to believe that he did that for us. So when you believe he did this for you, he puts this payment to your account. 
and he paid for everything you've ever done. And you can know that you're going to heaven because he gives you a new birth without a sinful nature. It's called being born again, born from above. You see, this birth was born of a corruptible seed from our parents. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were born from the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. Corruptible, incorruptible. So when you trust Christ as your Savior, He gives you this free gift of eternal life. You become His child, His child forever. And He'll never cast you out and never lose you. So, friend, there's a lot of people right now that have a lot of questions and doubts about what's going on and how to face these things. I pray that the message today was a help and a blessing to you. Please, share it with somebody else. Tell them to go to the YouTube channel. It'll be put up there. It's also on our church channel right where you are. And it's on our DVD, and they can play it over and over and over again. But give somebody the link, because let God use you. You see, this can be for His honor and for His glory. I want people to come to know Christ as their Savior. I want them to know they have eternal life. You see, you might get healed from a physical virus. You still got to die. Someday, somehow, some way. Why not solve that problem? This is a bigger issue. And I pray that what I've said made sense to you. So if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right where you are, I can't see you, but I'm taking it by faith. You can see me. Would you right now, just between you and the Lord, in your own mind, say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know I'm a sinner. Friend, we all are. And I believe that when Christ died, I believe he died for me. And I'm going to trust him right now as my Savior. Friend, if you'll trust him right now, he said he would save you right now and give you the free gift of eternal life right now. And when we go off the air, you can say, I'm going to heaven because today I trusted Christ as my Savior. Not the church, not the preacher, not the medicine, not the White House, nobody but Jesus. He's the one that loves you, died for you. Would you trust him? I pray that you will. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for this time together with people who are watching from who knows where. But Father, I pray that you would be real to them and that you put your arms about them and let them know that they are loved, that you care for them. And Father, I pray that you would help them to have the comfort that they need, the peace that you give because of who they are and their future, that we can focus upon that which you have prepared for us. And this life is short. It's temporary. And that, Father, we need not be afraid. Thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.